Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of The Failure Effect. This week, our very special guest is a gentleman called John Moravi, who is... Tell us a little bit about yourself right now. You are a man of many talents. And right now <laughs> you are a... I am a farmer primarily, mm-hmm. primarily. Um, and I also do logistics for food. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly onions and garlic is what I move around the country to different like large kitchens mm-hmm. um, for supply. Okay. Yeah, that's one. That's my primary work ethic. Okay. Yeah, but, but I also do other things as well. Right, and this is not where you've started. I mean, it's you've you've done a lot because all the years that I've known you, you've gone, you've literally dipped your fingers in every field. Yeah. So where did you start? Uh, out of uni was media, actually, mm-hmm. um, in radio. Uh, did that for a few years. After that, went into farming, actually. Went to Nyeri for like two and a half years. And then my brother asked me to come back and help him with his real estate company. So when I came back, I got into real estate with him um, and my other brother as well. And then, yeah, we started doing real estate. So from there, the real estate picked up. Kibaki's times are good. Uh, (laughs) And then things went a bit south when Mm -hmm. uh, we changed between Uhuru and here and to date. Um, And it's been, yeah, it's been a rough ride. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're going to get into the details of that, right? So let's start right at the beginning. How many brothers do you have, first of all, your business partners? I have three brothers. Uh, Two of them are my business partners. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So fine. So you start off in media, Mm -hmm. right? And at that time, you're in employment. Yes. Okay. What were you doing for the media exactly? Um, I was a producer for for radio mostly. Okay. Um, But we also helped out with TV. At the time, you had to be malleable to just pretty much do whatever work you're being told to do. Yeah. Especially at, uh, at Nation, you did like 10 jobs. For the one job you're being paid for. <laughs> <laughs> I am and, familiar with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, and we just move on. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but very long days, uh, sometimes long nights, sometimes we even slept in the studio because we were setting up the studio at the time. Uh, it was brand new. We were the ugly duckling uh, for, to the newspaper, of course. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry yeah. on behalf of the editorial print, <laughs> editorial floor. You people. It is you people. Exactly. You, okay. you guys were the bullies. Um but we got around it, and yeah, and it it, it became a thing. Mm-hmm. And then I was poached by Eve de Souza to Capital. Okay, mm. all right. And then you continued in production. It's still production, and also on air as well. Okay. Yeah. Yes, because you have that voice. My goodness, oh, yeah. your voice was, is amazing. I was, I was Nini's hitch for like a couple of years. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then this gave you the foundation that you needed to go into your first business. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, while actually still uh, working, um, a friend of mine, who I won't mention, but a friend of mine, and uh, we we started wanting to do events. um, And it was really good, actually. We were getting event gigs here and there. It was great. Mm -hmm. Um, I even was very lucky to uh, be poached by one Mr. Trevor Kanja to do an event for Celtel. Uh, when Celtel were becoming Celtel, so I can't remember. I think it was they were cancelled at the time, becoming Celtel or Celtel becoming who knows? Cancel becoming <laughs> no, it, I, you, I, okay. Whatever yeah. they were coming yeah. at that time, <laughs> they were I, they were red and yellow at that time. That's all I remember. So it was Celtel, I think. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
So we brought in Yusun Dur. It was quite a big event at Carnival. Um, it was fun to do, but it was really, really stressful. Okay. Um, especially following it up prior and after. So I realized how capital intensive event management is. Um, and I realized I didn't have the capital to do it. So I retreated back into my employment <laughs> uh-huh. um, and uh, decided I, I can't do that right now, but one day I will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still want to do it one day. Okay. Uh, We're still on the journey to back into events. There's always, there's no, you can never get it right. Yeah. So what you can do is just get it to better so you can improve on it okay so that's what you can never get it right there's no time that you'll ever get business right okay wow and you know coming from someone with as much experience as you have in business that's actually a very profound statement because a lot of people walk into it expecting that they will set up the perfect venture from word go business plans will be thrown out the window within the first six months of you implementing whatever you've written down because humans, first of all, it's human nature. Uh, mm-hmm. There's the other factor that, the, in fact, they're the constant that mm-hmm. will always change. So you need to be prepared for change that you didn't foresee. Right. So writing it down that I'm going to do this within three years and my ROI is going to be this and mm-hmm. da, 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 great. Right. Um, but do not expect that in reality. Because you've also had a lot of turbulence. I mean, the businesses that you've chosen yeah. have been businesses that have been affected by the economic times, yeah, by yeah. political changes, by... So you're absolutely right. But yeah. then, um, let's go back to after events. You okay. go into employment, mm-hmm. and then what happens after that? Oh, then, yeah. So kind of reached a ceiling with the radio and decided, oh, you know what, I'll uh, take a step back and decide what I'd like to do. Uh, my mom at the time said, oh, uh, our farm needs a bit of management and there's, it could do with some clarity. So that's what I did. I went back to Nyeri, uh, put up some greenhouses. Uh, I was doing uh, capsicums at the time mm-hmm. and I was selling them to the local markets, to the hotels, to the... Uh, it was not... At that time, it was, good Lord, just Madai supermarket and stuff like that. Okay. And uh, some of the hotels as well. Um, so that was fun to do. Uh, surprisingly enough, that was actually quite a nice, successful venture. They, it was, there were good returns from that. Um, and I did that for almost two and a half years. While I was doing that, that's when my bro called me back to Nairobi. So I came back to, do, to help out with the real estate company that he was setting up. Why you? What, what did he... I mean, I know you're his brother, and, you know, yeah, as a relative. As but then even when you're hiring a relative, you need to assess them for what skill that they're bringing to the table. So what he, is it that you were bringing? He decided that I'm a people person okay, and that I finish things. So mm-hmm. um, I like to be a finisher for certain things. So that was, yeah. So that's why he brought me back. Okay. Mm. So primarily... My sale. networks was my net worth. Excellent. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> so yeah. So why did you stop the capsicum though if it was doing so well? Uh, because we got into real estate so heavily that at one point we were going to do a, a project in Nyeri on that same farm. So we set it up actually. Uh, it was a fantastic project. But just as we were setting that up... Um, all liquidity came to a crashing halt. So you can imagine we have multiple projects going on at the same time and they feed off each other. So it's an ecosystem of financing. So there's uh, one project that you put in this amount of money, this project, and everything has to, they're moving parts. 
and you needed that money to do this project. You needed this money to reflect to a bank or to a circle and show them that this is what's working. And therefore, that's how we're going to start this. Um, so when liquidity that we were looking for or we had even actually gotten together, um, all sorts of things started happening. So CBK regulations started changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of changes that are going on. So in terms of movement of money, mm-hmm. uh, you now when you're in construction or in real estate, it's large amounts of money moving all the time. Yes. Okay. Uh, not necessarily your own money. Sometimes it's actually other people's money. Sometimes it's a uh, bank's money, et cetera, et cetera. So, but when you are moving that kind of money, they of course needed to be tracked, right? Mm-hmm. Which we had no issues because we were above board and we we're great. But the problem was when they crunched it to all businesses, um, it was a problem. It became right. a real, real problem for everybody, not just for people in construction, guys in fuel, guys in transport, logistics, yeah. and all those things are interconnected. So you can imagine when you're trying to move 10 tons of something uh, from one side to another, you're, you're, you're affecting the transport company, you're affecting us as a developer, you're affecting the architect. You affect, everybody just gets affected. It's, it, was, yeah. it was really messy. Um, and so when there was a cash crunch, it it caused all sorts of drama uh, for everybody, including the people who are buying from us. So uh-huh. you can imagine people want to buy, but they're like, hey, we, we are not seeing where the economy is going right now. Mm-hmm. There's some people who are buying slowly, of course, uh, and they stopped paying. Um, so it shut down a lot of stuff which was quite sad. So we didn't do that project in Nyeri uh, because we had cleared it. We had even put the roads in. We were getting ready to do um, initially to sell some plots and then do the development um, and do that like a couple of show houses. Uh, but we had to put it on hold. Okay. Um, still want to do it. Yeah. And we're going to manage to do it. It's yeah. just that it's it was painful to see all that investment and time. Actually, it's a sweat equity that is the most painful. Okay. Uh, as a failure because you've, you've invested so much time to do something yeah, and then now you have to pull back. Yeah. yeah. But it's a learning curve. Yeah. This is true. And the, the scale of the houses we're talking about because it's not, it's not Mabati shacks and it's not, <laughs> it's not plots. It's <laughs> what, what kind of housing are we talking about? So we're talking about three, four bedroom houses that are between, the, at that time we were doing 15, we we're doing 15 to maybe 20 million bob houses. Wow. Um, we then also did a project in Durban, um, which we wanted to roll over. So it was supposed to be multiple houses that we were building for sale. And then we were going to, from the sales of those houses, we were going to give that capital, for example, to be the project starter for this one in Nyeri. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, at the same time, we had political upheaval then as well. So now Tabo Becky was out. Uh, all sorts of drama started there. The rand dropped like a stone. Oh. Um, so you can imagine you put in an investment for whatever it might have been in terms of a figure. And then all of a sudden those houses are half built and your house price is no longer what you expected. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you have to sell it literally at a throwaway price. So we were very lucky that I think we kind of broke even, um, but we had to stop there as well. So we had a rollover of maybe three, four, uh, I'd say, phases, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we had to stop at phase one. So we did like four houses and sold to the four houses and stopped. Yet we were supposed to do four houses, four houses again, four houses again, four houses again. As you, the development was going towards um, a beach. It was called Palm Lakes. 
Wow. Um, beautiful development, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, it's still going on now. Guys are still buying and selling houses there. So, okay, so let me get the street. The land was yours. You had acquired the land in Oh, Dada. no. So now we were, when you were literally buying a plot and building your house. Okay. That's, that's why we're doing it in four. So okay. you, you'd buy it from there. They were developers mm -hmm. in South Africa. So we were buying it from them. Okay. We develop, we sell, and move to the next one. So the profits from each yeah. house yeah. was to use to build the to next build house. To build the one in. Yeah, the next okay. phase, yeah. And I remember there's another pretty famous one in Westlands as well, in Nairobi. Oh, uh, Skyview Gardens was more my sibling, more than any of us. It was my sibling who was doing it. Uh, mm -hmm. He was project manager for it. Um, beautiful. It's finished. It's done. It's on Church Road. It's uh, mm -hmm. still selling. I think there's still a couple of apartments left there. Uh, Skyview Gardens is a, yeah, it's a, you can see it online. It's nice. It's okay. a beautiful project. Excellent. Um, well, yeah. I'm glad he's seen success with that project. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, seen, so. he's, he's seen success with very many projects, actually. Yeah. It's just that we've also hit Okuta with other projects. So it's, okay. yeah, you, it, you, you, you take your punches and keep rolling. Yes, yeah. indeed. And so your lesson is be prepared for anything when you're coming into real estate, especially. Into real estate, um, understand that it's a very, um, how would I put it? It's it's a dangerous place to be in these economic times, mm -hmm. uh, simply because if you don't have the experience or the 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 know-how and the network um, to survive the bumps, you will crash. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, if if you think at oh I I'm starting out now and I want to do this. Well, we're going into a world economic crunch, right? Yeah. I would say you have to now do as much research. This is the best time to do as much research as possible. Read up on your products. Mm -hmm. um, read up on alternatives to what you were thinking. Because the biggest problem that people focus on is that you go into something with blinders on and you think, oh, but these guys did it. But you have no idea how these people did it. Yeah. Uh, and that's a very dangerous thing to do. Never acknowledge. You just do your thing, but always have alternatives to what mm -hmm. you're doing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, if you're going to say, I'm going to flip houses. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, it's very feasible. Um, but again, find alternative ways to do it. There, there are clever ways. I remember there's a story I was told about a guy who used to do um, the Power of Five. The Power of Five, which was put down deposits on five apartments or houses or whatever it might be. So you're putting out 10%, right? Mm-hmm. If you then get into a relationship with the developer, tell the developer, you know what? I want the prime, whichever ones I can afford, or you, the prime plots or prime apartments. I want you to sell them, yeah, mm -hmm. at whatever market price it is, whether it's pre-sale, like before they built or mm -hmm. after, right? Um, but we'll share the profits. Okay. I guarantee you, if you put a million bob house, you've got one million, one million, one million, right? So it's a hundred thousand, hundred thousand, hundred thousand, hundred thousand. So you spend half a million shillings. Yeah. But you sell these four houses at four, like 1.2 million, for mm -hmm. example, or one and a half million. Mm -hmm. So you've already made a profit. So you and the developer. Right. So this fifth house, you can actually buy it for free. Wow. If you think about it. My goodness. Thank you so much for the tip. In fact, okay. let me just take, take, make that note so I can yeah, start yeah, my yeah. flipping business. That's, <laughs> that's the sort of things, alternatives that you've got to think about. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to think outside the box a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I guess this is what you're going to apply when you eventually do go back into real estate. We are still in real estate. We're still doing it. Okay. Uh, we still have uh, we we have land banking. We have financing. Mm -hmm. We still. It doesn't stop because of failure. Yeah. It only 
you just reassess and re reevaluate and then manage it again. Yeah. Yeah, you keep going. Okay. So in the meantime, you went back to farming, mm -hmm. right? Did Was there a break where you took some time to think this things was, through? This was actually by accident. I went back to Nyeri just before COVID. It was mm -hmm. my mom's 80th year. Mm -hmm. We as brothers had said we'd, each of us would visit her during our birthdays. Yeah. Um, how did I see mine? My birthday is March 14th. Uh-huh. The, the the country locked down on March 12th. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. So I happened to be that side. Uh -huh. So no, no, it was a blessing in disguise. It was great. Mm -hmm. um, so my mom also needed double knee replacement surgery, which is something that she did end of 2020. Uh, so it was, it was literally a bit of divinity that made me make sure I was on that side and one of her children was near her. Um, so we finally figured it out how we could do it during COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, we went and did it in Diani, actually. It was uh, at Diani Beach Hospital. Fantastic hospital. Uh, they've upgraded it. Looks great. Mm -hmm. um, she was there for 10 days. We were there for a month in Diani. Mm -hmm. And because you're in the warmth, of course, she recovered. And it was probably a third of the price that guys we were pushing for going to India yeah. or Germany or South Africa or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I was very happy that... I was uh, available for my for my living one living parent. Yeah, um, that was life changing as well because my mom is the eldest of like twelve kids. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know what it means to rely on anybody. Right. right? Um, now she was relying on me as her last one. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, she was relying on nurses, strangers, uh, people she just didn't you know. Um, so it was yeah, it was a life changing experience. So while I was there. Uh, I got into just doing some basic farming and saying, now you know what, guys need food uh, during lockdown. Yeah. And it was nice and easy. We were doing onions. I was doing logistics, calling other people's farms and buying onions in bulk, bringing it. And we initially started selling it to outer markets. So we were selling it to Roido, Asiriva, uh, Kitengela. We decided we we're not going to sell in to Nairobi itself. Um, I was very lucky that a friend of mine had those, we needed county passes to get through yes. across county. Yeah. Uh, so his, his counters could actually do that. So we started moving, yeah, we started moving onions, tomatoes, all sorts of things. And then we, we focused on onions because we realized, you know what, these can store, they can actually sit. Yeah. We don't have to, they're not uh, sensitive. Not perishable. Yeah. 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 Um, so... That's what we did. And we, were, we supplied hotels, we supplied restaurants. Uh, literally, we started even supplying friends with like your 5kg bags. We were oh. doing that with the, with the doothies that were running around town. Uh -huh. um, it was hilarious that we started that small and then it developed and grew. And by about a, maybe a year later, uh, by then we were doing to to some large kitchens. We were doing maybe two, two and a half tons of onions every wow. two weeks. Yeah. So you started with the five kg bags and then so we grew up to something that was quite nice. Mm -hmm. um, sadly, my logistics partner, uh, the guy who was in charge of transport, mm -hmm. um, he then got arrested. Oh. And put, did, did and you, put did his, you have... he's still in, he's still going through a case as we speak. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, um, it was so it was so hard for him, his family, his extended family, um, and you can imagine now, I had to look for alternative means. Yeah. Uh, with the capital that we had, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I still try and I'm still doing it. Okay. Uh, it's still running, mm-hmm. but it's at uh, far less uh, profit margins, of course, because mm-hmm. now I'm look, I had to get third party people to then start moving the same things that we were moving before. Right. So the math changed. Mm-hmm. So these are things that you don't see coming. Yeah. Right. So you, you can imagine um, there was no business plan that said that you were expected a person to lose a court case yeah. and end up in remand. There's that I didn't, I didn't see that coming in any shape or form. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been, everything is always a challenge. Yeah. So you've got to be ready for the, the bumps. Okay. Mm. So are you, are you planning on starting up anything else um, at this point right now? Uh, foof, uh, all sorts of things. Um, mm-hmm. I want to start up uh, a wheelchair leasing service uh, wow. in for near small airports. So, ideally in Diani, in Yukunda, I'd like to do that uh, to the hotels as well because we don't have um, a lot of access. I realized that while I was there, when my mom was there, mm-hmm. um, I realized that there's not a lot of wheelchair access even in our hotels in general in Kenya, mm-hmm. um, and. <laughs> even our government offices and all the rest of it, they don't take the disabled into consideration. And I find that sad. So, but at the same time, I saw a business opportunity because I thought, you know what? Also, people don't like traveling with uh, their wheelchairs, getting onto the plane, all that jazz. So when you're traveling with a disabled child or um, elderly, it's, they need the comfort yeah. when they go for, on holiday. Mm-hmm that they can actually find something comfortable that they can actually lease out for a couple of thousand bob and then lease it out when they're on holiday for a week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm trying to put together. Okay. The other thing is uh, dialysis. So I want to do a dialysis center, ideally in Nanyuki. Okay. Um, that's for uh, something maybe start next year because it takes a lot, of, there's a lot of licensing that you have to get into place. You'd have to get boards as well and all sorts of things. So we'll wait and see. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 pretty sure you're taking a lot of lessons into these businesses. So, as you're formulating your business plans right now, are you looking specifically for businesses that will not be affected too much by external circumstances? I don't there's no such thing. There's okay. no such business as far as I'm concerned that will never be affected by external circumstances. You guys have a beautiful studio here. You're seated here. Yeah. And um down the road, Dusit was attacked, right? Yeah. I mean, we, there's no there's no time that you can think of external circumstances can't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine if those guys had run up the road and started shooting up the place. Yeah. We'd be in an external circumstance. <laughs> so, True. So, yeah, it doesn't matter what um, you're putting together. You have to just prepare as best as you can for the worst. So okay. whatever it might be, whether it's insurance or whatever it might be. Okay. Yeah. And what are you doing to prepare yourself for any, you know, humps in the road in future? Humps in the road. Um, To take into consideration that everything takes a lot longer than you expect. Okay. That is, so time management is probably the biggest lesson that I learned over the past 20 years Mm -hmm. is that you, if you don't, if you don't understand that or have the grace to to, to wait, um, you will you will definitely not see success mm-hmm. because the failures are not failures. What they are, they're just steps to doing things better. Right. Right. So when you see something didn't work like this, you do it this way and try and get around that story and then move on. If it did work out, then you keep running. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just keep making that margin. The biggest thing that people have today in 
especially what I see in a lot of younger kids as well, is everybody wants to make a quick buck. Mm -hmm. No such thing. Yeah. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as a quick buck. There's no. Yeah. The spot pesa is a quick buck. That's yeah. that's about it. The gambling is a quick buck. Um, there's no such thing as a quick buck. And no matter how tiny the margins are, if you're making a thousand and one bob from your thousand bob, mm -hmm. then keep making that thousand and one bob. Mm -hmm. The one bob will get to another thousand bob eventually. Yeah. 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 Even if it's once a day or it's once a week, mm -hmm. don't rush the process. Don't right. try and think I'm, oh, I can hunger this guy and do a bit of bribery here and then I'll do this and then I'll get this done. As soon as you get down that path, you'll never recover. And what will happen is things will start crumbling and you won't be ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When it does actually happen to you. Okay. Yeah. I guess that also means that you need to be mentally prepared for the times, the amount of uh, the time that you will have to serve, I suppose, while you're on your learning curve. If you, no matter how tiny your profit margin may be, I always try and tell people if you can put 50% aside yeah. and then work with your 50% as your budget, uh, then that would, that definitely helps because I don't care whether you want to put your money into mutual markets or put your into whatever it might be, mm -hmm. um, uh, just find a way to put 50 bucks. If you, because COVID should have taught people yeah. to live with minimal. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately, yeah. as soon as we got out of it, everybody went back to their normal yes. working habits. <laughs> like, and, and, and it's, it's uh, a bit sad that a lot of the planet didn't take a lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you can take a lesson, one thing is for sure, just you try and save as much as you can so right. that you can be ready for it. Okay. Yeah. All right. That is, I mean, you are an entrepreneur with exceptional wisdom. I mean, I feel like I've just walked out of a business class. So thank you so much <laughs> no worries. for your advice. Do you have any last words for entrepreneurs who are just starting out? Because it seems like you've mastered the art of the, the, early, the early stage, you know, a startup right at the beginning, yeah. how to cope, how to live, how to get through the hard times to oh get to the goodness. good times. I've, I, I've I'll get to the hard times. I've been auctioned. I've been, oh there's my. nothing we've not had that yeah. does not happen. Um, it's not, it's not that, like I said, every, you've, you've got to go through a lot of hardship to get to at least even a modicum of success. Right. Yeah. Um, so people don't see the journey. Mm -hmm. They see the end product. Yeah. Um, and so what I tell anybody who is starting out now, I would say, please keep your head up. Mm -hmm. Don't, there are going to be very, very many dark times, mm -hmm. more than the light. Um, but when the light comes, it is, um, it's a journey of self-realization that will make it a lot easier to do certain things. Right. Um, it doesn't make, it doesn't mean that the things are not, easy to do they could be very very hard it just because of that you you have the patience you have yeah. you have the knowledge yeah to wait it out okay so yeah still time management <laughs> what one last question because you right. mentioned something very interesting right. it's being auctioned and literally every entrepreneur i have spoken to yeah. has said and then there was that time that I was auctioned yeah. so i'm starting to think okay so this even is to the point where now i know auctioneers yeah yeah because now i now sometimes i have to auction somebody which okay. is kind of sad uh, uh -huh. but and you try not to get there because yeah. um i would never want that on my because i know what it felt like yeah and uh and i know what it means to to lose 
things that you thought were important to you, but they're not. Yeah. Um, because I wouldn't be here today if they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't, you don't, you don't look at it as a yeah. When you hear entrepreneurs always needing, because there's a point where money is not enough. Yeah. You had borrowed from Peter to pay mm-hmm. Paul, and things just went south. Yeah. Um, and you have to like just sit back and go okay and start again. Mm-hmm. And you just then you plug plug mm-hmm. in and keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yeah. That's okay. how your your net worth and net growth of people around you, you get to know who's real in your life and who's not. Yeah. And those are the kind of people that then just become your bedrock while you're doing all sorts of random things. Because truly the art of, of running a successful business, it's not so much about how much hard cash you have to put in. It's about your social capital. It is. Your social yeah. capital is a very, very big aspect. Yeah. yeah. As far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's probably the most important one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because okay. it's strangers. It's strangers who give you a break. It's yeah. not, it's not, it's not, I mean, sure, family and friends also do, uh, but it, it's a stranger you you sat next to in a, in a train or a plane or you meet at a hotel and they're like, oh yeah, oh, you do farming or you do this. Oh, you know, I have uh, somebody I know and they connect you to somebody who you had no idea about. Yeah. And then that person is like, oh yeah, yeah in fact, oh, our corporate team are going to what? Oh, let's go and have Let's go and have lunch. And then you're like, where, how did I get here? <laughs> those kind of uh, lucky moments, you don't, you don't see those coming either. Mm-hmm. Uh, those breaks, random. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So being that I am also just starting out on my own journey, I'm waiting for my big break to come. So anyone out there with a break to offer me, just <laughs> give me a call, send me an email, whatever it takes. So meanwhile, if we're looking to get in touch with you, or perhaps purchase whatever it is that you're selling right now, okay. where do we find you? Um, easiest way to find me would be to email me at john.irogo mm-hmm. at gmail.com. That's, as my niece says, it's I rang you. That's how you spell it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is if we're looking for onions? Yes, this is even if you're looking for onions. If you just, just send an email and I'll see what I can do. Only onions? Onions at the moment. Okay. But anytime, there'll be other things I'm getting into. So like I said, I'm getting into flower farming as well. Wow. Because mm-hmm. I'd like to do that for export. Um, and we're doing things like uh, Craspedia and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but those are the things that I'm doing later on this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Excellent. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. You have your onion plug. Please get in touch in, <laughs> yeah, case, uh, <laughs> in case you would like some. Um, and in the meantime, we will see you next week for another interview just like this one. Thank you.